You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend, Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. The big news, at least as I see it. Since we have last spoken... My dear, sweet members of the No Huddle audience, the Green Bay Packers have fixed their salary cap. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually kind of crazy how how good of a shape the Packers are in right now. They they did it all in a, in a few moves. Obviously, they were pushing a bunch of money out into the future, and that is going to affect next year. But right now we are in a better spot for next year than we were a year ago for this year. Right now the Packers have $54 million in cap space for 2023. At this point, a year ago, the Packers were already over the cap for 2022. They currently are sitting at about $15 million in cap space for 2022. That's a result of... Uh, not bring back Devonte Adams. Obviously, there was that surprise trade. Which, if we had recorded last week's episode at the time we usually do, which is uh, Thursday night to release Friday morning, we would have been able to talk about it then. But we released that a few days early because of my crazy travel schedule, which is finally over. They also moved on from Zadarius Smith. That fixes twenty twenty three in a massive way, and then you also got. Billy Turner, who would have been cheap in 2022 and dang expensive in 2023, he's <laughs> off the books as well. And uh, so, Gil, I don't want to talk about Zadarius. Everybody knows where he is and what he's up to. I, I don't want to talk about him or think about him. <laughs> but Billy Turner, that's a little bit more interesting to me because you and I have gone back and forth on Billy Turner a bunch mm-hmm. on this podcast and, you know, I, maybe I took it a bit far at times, but I think that if you really pushed me on it and, and got me to really sum up what my beef with Billy Turner was, it always came down to that I felt he was overpaid. I thought that he was a a, a decent right tackle, not a, a an elite right tackle, but a decent right tackle who was getting paid like an elite right tackle. And I felt like when it came down, down to the wire. He was not performing anywhere near that level and was not consistent and dependable enough. And now the Broncos are paying him $5 million for one year. And that to me feels like a fantastic price for Billy Turner. Well, look, I I always liked Billy Turner as a right tackle. He was, uh, you know, fairly reliable, except when he went up against very good right tackles. He never worked out at left tackle, but his versatility, he could play tackle, he could play guard. That was always a plus. Uh, You know, and I think he was good in the locker room as well. But, you know, I was disappointed to see him go, but not crushed. And quite honestly, my only concern now is with his departure and the departure of Lucas Patrick, neither of which you know, we're a shock, but there is a depth issue along the offensive line that they need to address before the new season starts. So if you're looking at uh, Billy Turner's time with the Packers, he got paid $11 million for his first year in 2019. Over the next uh, two years with the Packers, he was doled out an, an additional $11 million uh, he, he leaves the Packers with about five million bucks in dead cap. I do think it is telling that, you know, he was sitting there in free agency for a little while, ended up signing, uh, re-signing with the Broncos who had him before he was with the Packers and who were kind of 
glad to be rid of him at that point. At least Broncos fans were when the backers picked him up. I, I do recall Broncos fans um, kind of being optimistic about the, fu- the future of that position sans Billy Turner. So he re-signs with the Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett, who knows him quite well. And it is his old team. It is his old coach. Nobody else was offering him more than that five mil. I think that that's a little bit telling about where the other 31 teams in the NFL, not named the Packers kind of view him. Uh, I, I think that uh, I at least was expecting him to get paid a bit more than that and have interest from more teams uh, if he was as good as uh, the Green Bay Packers and a lot of Packers fans and analysts uh, thought that he was. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. Look, sometimes veterans do take those, you know, prove it deals. And what Turner is getting close to that magic 3-0 point where teams are going to be more likely to want him for a one-year or a two-year deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than the, you know, five-year at $7 million a pop uh, deal. And he was never, you know, the, the elite player who was going to get the $7 million a year anyway. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I think, again, to me, I will uh, – I, I liked his versatility. I liked his leadership. Uh, and my concern is with Elton Jenkins probably not going to be ready to start the season. Right. With Josh Myers having missed, what was it, 11 games last year? But pile of games, pile of games. A pile of games. Uh, with Lucas Patrick no longer there to back up the interior, uh, if any of the starters along the offensive line get hurt this year, I don't know who the backups are that I trust to keep this offense humming. So our last two episodes on this show, uh, episode 77 was called, Is the Packers Offensive Line a Strength or, the, or Weakness? Billy Turner was still with the team at that point. And we kind of said at that point that the Packers offensive line was at best questionable. And then the most recent episode, number 78, uh, depending on what podcasting platform you were you were looking at, the name of that episode might have been something like um, uh, offensive line and wide receiver prospects in the draft or, or fixing urgent issues in the draft, something to that effect. We had a couple different titles uh, because some podcasting platforms let us do a nice long title where I can say exactly what I want to say. And then for some, I have to abbreviate it. It makes me, you know, (laughs) furious, but whatever. So we've been hammering on this offensive line, especially right tackle and uh, wide receiver debate for a while. Mm -hmm. And of course the departure of uh, Devante Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, even EQ, Definitely leaves a massive hole at wide receiver. Everybody's talking about it. Um, And I still think that right tackle is the biggest issue right now. I I, I don't think that. uh, Look, given the choice, would I rather try and make it work with a ragtag bunch of wide receivers and a great offensive line? or great wide receivers and a ragtag offensive line, you know what I'm doing all day long. I'm keeping my quarterback clean and saying, listen, (laughs) our elite offensive line is going to keep Aaron Rodgers standing upright so long that even the most garbage wide receivers are eventually going to get open. (laughs) Plus, you got tight ends, you got running backs, you got other options. What you don't have is a fallback for when your offensive line can't do anything because when you're on offense, you can only do two things, run and pass, and you can't do either without a good offensive line. Right now, you got, hopefully, David Bakhtiari at left tackle. You've got uh, John Runyon, who who was a, a good pass blocker, but a subpar run blocker at left guard. You got Josh Myers, who was an average pass blocker for most of the year when he did play and a below average run blocker for most of the year when he did play at right guard. 
You got probably Royce Newman, who had his ups and downs, finished the year on a really strong positive note. We liked what we were seeing from him at the end. Definitely did a great job pass blocking toward the end of the year. Again, pretty stinking poor job as a run blocker. And, and that, that pass blocking, like I said, it was hit or miss. There were some weeks where it was phenomenal and other weeks where it was putrid. And, 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 and other weeks right tackle, who do you have? Taken literally. <laughs> Who would you even stick at right tackle right now? Because you can't have you can't plan on Elton for no, week one. Yash. Gotta be Yash. Yeah, but Yash has never played at right tackle. I, I know, but this is this is part of the problem. You're not moving Bakhtiari to right tackle. Uh, but but here's here, that's exactly it. We don't we don't have enough guys. Look, last year offensive line was a massive vulnerability and it caused problems for us. We couldn't. How many times did AJ Dillon get met at the line of scrimmage by a defender and then have to get all of his yards after contact? That was basically the whole year. Aaron Jones, did he ever have a run longer than like 11 yards? I don't think he did in the entire season. Yeah, it wasn't. Look, the the run blocking was not as good as it was the previous year. There's no question about that. And it, it is a big concern going forward and even a I, I mean right now if 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 you're looking at the roster I don't know who else you could start at right tackle other than Yash so this to me right tackle is um my biggest priority um in the draft but that doesn't necessarily mean that I think we need to draft a right tackle <laughs> as backwards as that sounds I do think that we need to free up some bodies to be able to create a strong offensive line. Well, let, let me whether that, that means kicking a guy like Royce out to right tackle. Maybe you put Dennis Kelly out there to start the season until Elton Jenkins comes back. You got to sign I'm, him first. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. We got fifteen. We got fifteen million bucks. You can sign Dennis. You can sign somebody better than Dennis. But also. I'd like to stack up this guard room a bit. I'd like to have some really good offensive guard depth right now. We got two guys who can start. They were both of them hovering around the average range last year. Gosh, would I love to add another elite body to that guard room this year? Well, here's my question. And I think this affects what your approach is going to be to building this offensive line. Mm-hmm. Let, let's say, just to put it out there, that Elton Jenkins misses half the season. And I don't know for sure, but that's a rough estimate. Let's say he comes back late October, early November. Right. Do you put him at left guard? Do you put him at right tackle? What is the future of Elton Jenkins? Where does he fit in? And Keep in mind that between now and let's say November 1st, just to put a, an exact date on it. Sure. Injuries could happen that could scramble all of this completely upside down and backwards and inside out. I mean, right. but like it did last year. But if, if everything lines up perfectly and everybody stays healthy, where do you want Elton Jenkins to line up to make this offensive line the best it can be? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that my answer is I want the two tackles to be Bakhtiari and Jenkins. And people are going to throw a fit at the idea of of testing out whether you put Bakhtiari at right tackle and Elton at left tackle. But, you know, David Bakhtiari beat out a left tackle for his job and that left tackle got kicked over to right tackle for the remainder of his career. I'm just saying Bakhtiari is getting up there in age. I'm not going to be mad if Elton beats him out in training camp and you get two quality tackles. Well, I guess it couldn't really be training camp with his ACL, but but you get what I'm saying is my my point is however the coaches decide and the players decide to divvy up the two tackle spots. I want those two guys playing tackle. Yeah, I I think those are your best bets at tackle. Uh, And then 
I still think you need to bring back whether you whether you bring back Dennis Kelly or you get another experienced mm-hmm. swing tackle. You know, look, we had Rick Wagner, we had Dennis Kelly, we had uh, Valdir. You know, we need another one of those guys or one of For those sure. guys again. Hundred percent agree. You know, to 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 stabilize the depth, and then you know, how do you replace Lucas Patrick? Because I could say this right now. We have no backup centers with any realistic experience playing in the NFL. And we have no real backup guards with significant experience playing in the NFL. Last year, what was it? Uh, Four out of the five players along the offensive line were injured for significant amounts of time. Uh, You know, Bakhtiari missed 16 games. Jenkins missed eight. John uh, Runyon is the only one who didn't miss significant time. And, and Lucas uh, Patrick. Yeah, but but yeah, yeah. He wasn't yeah, initially going to start, but Lucas yeah, Patrick right. played, I think, 16 out of 17 games. But yeah. So let's let's flip this over and look at the other side. Let's let's talk about the wide receiver issue. Um because the wide receiver depth, no question about it, is really thin. You basically have uh, three guys plus Jawan Winfrey and Malik Taylor as like uh, you're hoping one of those guys can step up and be your fourth wide receiver. And then, you know, the top end talent in that room is just not there. You got Randall Cobb, El Nazard and Amari Rogers. Now, you and I ha- have talked a decent bit about this, and I think we see pretty similarly eye to eye on what we think needs to be the plan for 2022 at wide receiver. You go ahead and sum it up. I think you bring in, whether it's by free agency or by trade, a short-term receiver one, and then you draft in the first round or possibly the second, but preferably the first if you hold on to the two picks. We'll, we'll say we'll say first two rounds. So that, Yeah, okay. Yeah. So – in the first two rounds, you draft a receiver who's yeah. designated to develop into your new number one in a year or two. And then I would probably add another receiver at some point in the draft who could be more of a depth developmental kind of a guy who in a year or two, you hope could become a, a wide receiver two or three and be a consistent contributor. Now you got two. Let me back up. You when we're talking about bringing in a veteran, you just need a baseline. You need you need a baseline level for 2022 to say it's going to be at least this good. Now, there is a guy that I would love to go out and get via trade. And you know how much I hate trades, hate trades. But this is a trade that I am all for. You Ready? Devante Adams, not Devante Adams. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's actually Devonte Parker, right from the right. from the Dolphins. A lot of people are talking about this guy because they are have been stacking talent down there in Miami. I think their team is going to stink, but it doesn't matter. The point is they don't need Devonte Parker because they got Tyreek Hill. Devonte Parker has been uh, quite good, and his contract is stinking good. He is a guy I think who's getting substantially underpaid right now. And that means I am willing to overpay a bit when it comes to the compensation you're giving up to go get him. So over the next two years, he is only going to count for uh, about $11 million total for 2022 and 2023. This is a guy who definitely can be your wide receiver one. Now He's not going to be a top five or even a top 10 wide receiver in football probably, but could he be a top 15 guy, a top 20 guy? Yeah, and that's what you're looking for is a baseline, and you're going to only be paying him five and a half million bucks this year, and you could restructure that, by the way, kick some money into next year. You might be able to lower this down to just like three million bucks this year. So he's getting so substantially underpaid in terms of his contract. Now, I mean, it's obviously it's uh, uh, his, his first his rookie contract, so that's a big part of why. But my point is, he's so cheap here. I'm willing to overpay the Dolphins for him a bit. I would be willing to give up. Define what you're willing to give up. I'm going to tell you what it is, and you're going to hate it. And then I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't hate it. And you're going to 
you're going to agree with me. <laughs> I'm willing to give up a third round pick for Devonte Parker. I'm not giving up a second, but I give up a third round pick. And, uh, and I think that's a bit overpaying because I think that his value really sits at about a fourth round pick here. But again, he's you're when you're trying to acquire a player. That player is worth to you how much you have to pay them plus how much you have to give up to go get them. So since we're underpaying him, I'm willing to overpay the team that is giving him up to have this nice cheap contract. And it's just a two year rental and you can extend him if you really like him. Uh, I, I don't know why I said he's on a rookie deal. That's that's crazy talk. He's 30 years old or 29 years old. Forget I said a rookie deal. I'm, I'm that was uh Somebody else talking. That was uh, that was Gil who said that. It wasn't. Whoa, me. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, he. But um, but but here here's what I was going to tell you about why you're going to agree with me. The Packers third round is cursed. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Just light those picks on fire. I've jokingly, half jokingly, a few times said, let's trade our third round pick for a fourth round pick because our fourth round picks do so well. And the third round is just cursed. Listen, I just, I'm at a point when you, when you look at how many years in a row, the third round has stunk and look, I'm not throwing away Amari Rogers. I'm not throwing away Josiah Deguara. The only two remaining third round picks we have on the roster. Cause everybody else has been cut or, you know, launched into the sun because they stink so bad. Light that draft pick on fire. Give it away for Devontae Parker. I'll do it in a heartbeat. Okay, tell me if I'm crazy or if this is a great idea. Uh, Both. And I'll tell you why. It's a great idea on paper, but I'll tell you why you're crazy or why I don't think it'll work. The Dolphins will probably get some other team to offer them more than that. Mm, So do you think they'll get more than a second round pick for him? Possibly, but maybe not. But I don't think a third would do it. If I'm the Dolphins, I, I think they can get better. I think there's another team out there that will offer more than a third for Parker. All right, Gil, you drive a hard bargain. Gosh darn it. I'll give you my third this year and my third next year. <laughs> I'll give him five of them, right? <laughs> I'll give him five third round picks. I, okay, I, I think that uh, the... I don't want to give up a second, but but I will say I think a any higher than a second is definitely crazy talk. Yeah. And, and I I think that being that it is a seller's market right now for wide receivers, everybody wants wide receivers right now. The 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 price of these wide receivers is insane. I think that you're right. The Dolphins probably can get a second round pick for him, but you also got to consider, <coughs> excuse me. We are in the NFC, so the Dolphins are going to be more likely to want to trade with us than with another AFC team. So that gives us a bit of an advantage. Um, and I guess I don't have an and that that's that's <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be willing to give up a third. I think you're right. Probably somebody will give them a second. Uh, and that's why there, you know, there are some veterans out there that I'm interested in, uh, Julio Jones is out there, and I know a lot of people have been really down on Julio Jones because uh, his 2021 season was not who he's been for the you know his whole career. And, and, and I get that, but he was at a new team. And I think that, that that you see all the time. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, who was widely considered to be one of the premier wide receivers in football. Everybody said, you know, he's the best wide receiver in football. Even his final year in Houston, he was fantastic, even though that team sucked. Then he gets traded to Arizona, who I think was a better team, and he did worse, even though he had I wouldn't I wouldn't say you were massively downgrading quarterback, but switching teams certainly can have a negative impact on your production. You see that with a lot of players. And if it can happen to a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, no reason it wouldn't happen. Couldn't happen to a guy like Julio as well. And Julio wasn't terrible last year either. If he is not still looking for top money in the NFL and he is willing to play for something cheaper, he'd be super fun to have. And he provides that baseline. You keep him for a year or two and you let your draft pick develop. 
I like it with the one problem that Julio has trouble staying healthy. And then you get into the situation where you're back to having no number one or you're relying on a rookie to be that number one guy. And I hate to bring it up, but there's some guy with the number 12 on his back that doesn't really trust his receivers that easily, especially rookies. So Julio Julio played 10 games last year, nine games the year before. But prior to that, he wasn't missing any time. So it's just these last two years. Yeah, but he's getting older and his body is breaking down. He's He's not a big guy. He's Uh, 33 this year. Yeah. I'm 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 just saying, you know, it, it drives his price down a little bit. I, you know, see, th- there's not great options out there. That's the thing. No, but, but let's let's talk about that. How badly do you need to have huge upgrades at wide receiver this year? I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll right now you got Randall Cobb and Al Nazard and then a young guy and Amari Rogers who is going to continue to need time to develop. You probably can't really expect him to be a massive, uh, you know, part of the offense until year three. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he was drafted to be our slot guy. And then Rogers made us go trade for Cobb, who is now our slot guy. So it's hard for those two guys to get on the field at the same time. Admittedly. Um, so you're, you're definitely lacking an X receiver and you are lacking a uh, speedy deep threat, you know, that you previously had in MVS, but the guys we have are not slouches. No, they're not slouches, but to me on a good team with, you know, good receivers, not super receivers, but good receivers, ideally, Alan Lazard is a three. Randall Cobb is either a three or a four. And Amari Rogers right now is probably a four on the depth chart. I don't think we have a legitimate number two. And that's no offense against Alan Lazard. I love the guy uh, as a football player. But he doesn't have a lot of speed. He isn't the most elusive guy out there. Um... And he's limited. He's a role player. He's a good role player at what he does. Randall Cobb, at this stage in his career, tough for him to play 17 games. Uh, not the fastest guy anymore. Yes, he'll he'll do the slot thing when he's healthy. But, you know, this is, to me, the ultimate irony. And I'm going to say this, and it may make some people upset. But here is Aaron Rodgers complaining, whether it was behind the scenes or out loud, or or a lot of Packer fans complaining, hey, the Packers don't get Aaron Rodgers enough weapons around him to do what he wants to do. And now it's Aaron Rodgers taking up so much of the cap space that would have kept or gotten some of these weapons, you know, into town to enable him to do what he wants to do. So it, it's sort of a, 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 there's irony here. And, yeah, you know, there are no easy solutions. And this is why this discussion that we're having is why Brian Gutekunst and GMs all around the National Football League make the money that they make, because no matter what. And Gutekunst is going to bring some guys in. He is going to bring in a veteran. Yes. Is it going to be a a big name guy? It's going to be somebody you've heard of. Yes. but is it maybe going to be somebody along the lines of um, not who Devin Funches is now, but who Devin, Devin Funches was at the time they brought him to the Packers? I would say it's going to be bigger than that. Yeah, I but would I'm too. but I'm, you know, you got the whole uh, DK Metcalf thing. Uh, I, eh, I I don't think so. And and look, the the report is the Packers called about a DK Metcalf trade. I believe that because they call about literally everybody. (laughs) (laughs) They are in on every single player in the NFL. They call about everybody. And I think 
it's due diligence. I think sometimes it's due diligence because they are interested in that player. I think a lot of times they're interested in just that position and they kind of want to know what are these guys getting paid? How much does it cost to go get them? What's the market? You know, and, and a lot of the time, a lot of the time, they're trying to work out a deal to extend or keep one of their own guys. And so they're calling about these positions to find out how much do these guys cost right now? What is the most up-to-date price for a, a wide receiver? Because, hey, you know, we're we're trying to get a deal done to bring MVS back and we want to have a good gauge. And, uh, you, you know, and like I get that MVS is gone now, but at the time right, that right. the uh, DK thing happened, I'm just saying, did they call about DK? Yes. Probably. Do yeah. I think that it was a, a serious interest that they actually want to trade for him? I don't think that that is a real thing. I, I really don't. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm totally crazy. If they did get DK, yeah, I'd be excited because it'd be fun. But am I, you know, pounding the table for that? Do I, am I thinking that something like that is going to happen? No. No, because look, here's the thing. How much, if you bring in DK Metcalf, how much of the $15 million does he take up? Uh, I mean, I, I don't expect you to know off the top of your head, but a good chunk of that $15 million goes poof. And you yeah, still have DK. to sign your draft picks. You still have to add depth that... So- yeah. Offensive line, safety, uh, you, you know, there's still a lot of things that need to be done. Well, okay, so with DK specifically, here's the issue. Because he's still on his rookie contract, mm-hmm. but he's in the final year of his rookie deal. Now, you do have a fifth-year option. I don't know for sure that that a team that trades for him could exercise his, his fifth-year option. And by I'm the way, I don't think the Seahawks – I don't think the Seahawks – are like selling on DK Metcalf. Like you sell Tyler Lockett, who's a lot older. You don't sell DK, but so this is his final year. His cap hit is just four. Hang on a second. It's 4.3 mil, but I think some of that is uh dead money for the Seahawks. I think the Packers cap hit would be 3.9. And then you but would the issue then him. what's that? And then you would either have to pay him big bucks or lose him next year. Yeah, and you have the issue of whether he would play. Now, first of all, there's the question of if he wants to play for just four bucks or four million bucks, <laughs> knowing that he is about to get a pile of money from some team next year. So he might not want to play. Also, um, DK has made some derogatory comments about playing in Wisconsin before. Uh, he made it. He made a derogatory comment uh, just a couple uh, days ago about the weather in Kansas City. And let me tell you, if you don't like the weather in Kansas City, you're going <laughs> to hate the weather in Green Bay. Right. I, I I don't know if he'd want to come play. Uh, so I'm 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 I think more or less I'm pretty out on the DK idea, which you know you do also we we got to talk about the red the draft. So there are definitely some interesting wide receivers in the draft. I will say I'm not in love with the top talent in the draft. I think there's a, a couple guys, basically three guys that I would be interested in taking in the first round. You've got another three, four, maybe five guys that I would be interested in taking in the second round. And then after that, uh, I'm kind of out on a lot of guys until you're getting guys like, uh, there are some some dudes later on in uh, late, uh, back of the third round, fourth round in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some dudes there who I'm definitely interested, in, like Calvin Austin out of Memphis. That's a guy. His his, his RAS was nine four two. Right. Um, that's an interesting guy. You also got uh, one really popular guy to talk about is. Uh, uh, Vilas Jones Jr. from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He's like a special teams ace. He's a 905 RAS. So some of these guys, you know, you were saying you'd, you'd like to take a guy in the first two rounds, maybe, and then also fill backfill a bit later on. Definitely on that. There's uh Trey Turner is a guy that um, I've been big on for a long time, and he's kind of projected as like a seventh round pick right now. Take a flyer. The Packers won't because I always fall in love with some really late 
uh, wide receiver who's like supposed to go in the seventh. He ends up going in the fifth, and that's right. when the Packers are still taking all their guards. So they don't <laughs> take they don't take Donovan Peoples Jones or or any of those guys that I'm big on. Uh, but uh, but as far as the top tier of wide receiver talent in this draft, you got Garrett Wilson. My number two is actually George Pickens. He's he's definitely lower on a lot of other people's boards, but he's I think for me, it's Garrett Wilson and George Pickens are kind of the only like early wide receiver guys who I think project well as NFL X receivers, which is what we need. We need an X. We don't need a slot guy. There's a lot of these slot guys. There's a lot of these uh, move guys that like you could use Amari for like a Traylon Burks, Drake London. It's very similar guys to uh, Amari, except that Drake London could eat Amari. He's massive. <laughs> but in terms of like the, the kind of player these guys are, you know, the I, I, I just, uh, you know, that's not exactly what we need with our like really premium need of an X receiver. It's kind of like Garrett Wilson and George Pickens. And then after that, you know, the, the other guys have enough questions about them that they are kind of projected to be falling toward like round three, four, five. It is definitely a dilemma. And look, there are players out there, but here's the thing. Very few of them are going to get the job done for this year. Now, what do you think about maybe acquiring Lockett in a trade as as the placeholder, as the sort of reliable receiver, the experienced receiver for a year or two, and then waiting on your draft pick? Gil, come on. You already got me to agree to... to one trade, you know, for Devonte Parker, you're going to make me come up with another trade. You know how much I hate trades. Here's my issue with Tyler Lockett. So he's cheap this year. He's just 3 million bucks this year. That's fantastic. Next year, he's about 10. Then he goes up to 15 and he's got another year at 15. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the, the one nice thing is, so let's see, uh, fully guaranteed money. His contract is only $24 million guaranteed. So far, he has burned up two out of that. So he's still got $22 million. He's got to burn up. He is 30 years old. I don't know, man. Like, you know, and what would you have to give up to get him? You probably have to give the Seahawks a second round pick to get him, right? I just, he's so expensive for a he guy. He might be able to get for a third. And old. <laughs> because of the cap savings. But, uh... all right. You know what? When you, when you say, when you say that magic word of third round pick, and, <laughs> and I just visualize like a literal garbage bag <laughs> that just has third round written on it. I don't know. I'm I'm not crazy about it. I I I I could get crazy about it if they do it. Here's the thing. If they do it, I hear that and I say, "Oh, Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball and Matt LaFleur are looking at this and they are visualizing the upside and they're smarter than I am." And uh me looking at all the negatives is is uh, probably less accurate because they were willing to do it uh, than than uh, them looking at the upside. So I, I would tr- I would trust in their judgment if they did it to kind of overrule my own misgivings about it. Even though there have been players like uh, oh I don't know Zadarius Smith in 2021 that I strongly disagreed with them on, and they did it anyways. And uh, well, we don't need to revisit that, but. Point being, if they did it, I can get excited about it. <clears throat> Sounds like you really like this idea, though. Well, no, I, I'm throwing out alternatives. I'm playing devil's advocate. I yeah. think either one of those two guys could be acceptable for the short-term veteran number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Metcalf obviously has more upside and more long-term potential. But again, you got to re-sign him. So to me... I'm just trying to explore all the options out there because for sure, well, I, I think we all know that we're not going to have a number one receiver in 2022 who is as and, and, and that mix and as good as Devante has been the last two years. 
Well, no, he's the best. He, what are you talking? He's the best wide receiver in football. Yes. Nobody has anybody as good as him. Okay. And people are freaking out about it, that, and they need to chill. They need to calm down well, because I all we all we have known for decades here in Green Bay is elite wide receiver paired with elite quarterback, and then everything else is usually kind of subpar. What if just spitball in here? What if we take one year? Change it up a bit so you got some mm, okay wide receivers and you can bolster a bunch of these other positions. You can restock that offensive line, restock the defensive line. You got these great picks. Hey, what about wouldn't it be cool to add another another electric tight end? How awesome would that be? How about we have some big question marks at safety because the Packers apparently seem unwilling to keep Adrian Amos long-term. They won't give him an extension. They should have given him one last year. They didn't give him one this year. Restructured him again. I am still holding out hope that they're going to change their mind and they're going to bring back Adrian Amos, but I don't think they're going to. I think this is last year. And then you got Darnell Savage who had a down year. Safety's a big need. Wouldn't it be fun to stock up on safety and get a guy like... Now, obviously, you can't grab um, uh, Kyle Hamilton because he's he should be like the second pick off the board, but... You know, he's, he's still going to be like at least a top 10 guy. But, I mean, maybe you get like Daxton Hill or Lewis Seen or Jaquan Brisker. How much fun would that be? And you know what the cost of that is? It's having just average okay wide receivers for like a year or two. Because Problem. you can still draft some wide receivers, but you don't need to go give up all these premium picks to go get a proven vet who is going to be a contributor for like a year or two tops um, in uh, you know, Tyler Lockett or somebody like that and is going to be going downhill because let's face it, Seahawks are moving on for a reason if they're moving on because well, he's no. 30 years old. The reason the Seahawks would be moving on is because they don't have a quarterback and they know they're not doing anything for the next two years. So why hold on to a veteran asset when you can get some picks for him? But especially look. when he's, 31 years old. Exactly. But see, the flip side of that is that Green Bay's window with Aaron Rodgers is two years, three years at most. You, Yeah, I, I, I guess, but I just... Uh, yeah, so you need to feed the beast now because... I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not in this, like, panic win now mode. I want a strong team this year and I want a strong team next year. And I hated what we did last year where we were, we sold the farm to bring back everybody in 2021 so we could run it back. And by the way, the team got worse in 2021 than they were in 2020. And we were still the number one seed in the NFC. Yep. We and, were. And-, and, and you know what the cost was? Yeah. So Darius had to leave. Devonte had to leave. Billy Turner had to leave. MVS had to leave. That's the cost of not making the right choices in 2021. I don't want to. We just got out of this mess and we have a good, healthy cap situation. We have two first round picks, two second round picks. I love where we're at, where we can build up a strong team this year and next year and the year after. I don't want to just get right back in the same mess where we were, where we're again, paying a big expensive wide receiver like Tyler Lockett or, or uh, a DK when he needs his big contract and giving up these premium draft picks to do that. Yeah. The problem is that <clears throat> the, the big fear and again, playing devil's advocate here, you go with your plan of, what you described as average wide receivers. And I don't know, you know, who you have in mind. What we've got right now is way below average wide receivers as a group, as a group. Uh, if you were ranking the wide receiver spots on NFL rosters right now, and the Packers top three receivers on the depth chart are Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Amari Rogers, we would be, no higher than 31st out of 32 teams on that list with those three guys. Yeah. And, but, but let's, I mean, going back to like minute six of this podcast, I never said we, let's keep the, just those guys. Okay. I Brand endorsed bringing somebody in just for me. I, I'm, I'm, I can live with bringing in 
one of these following guys instead of, you know, trading for Tyler Lockett. Okay, here, here's guys who are available right now. Jarvis Landry. Right. Julio Jones. I know you had the question mark about his injuries, but I mean, yeah, come on, let's, let's work. Let's work with this. Okay. Will Fuller. I thought the Packers loved Will Fuller. I know mm-hmm. that he had a bad year and he got suspended and stuff, but come on. He's he's an option to talk about. T.Y. Hilton is out there, maybe retiring. He's 32 years old. Right. We'll see. Cole Beasley. The issue with Cole Beasley is he's kind of just a slot guy, and we already have two slot yeah, guys. So I, I get I get the issues with him. Uh, technically, Emmanuel Sanders is out there. He's 35, and I am so sick of hearing about Emmanuel Sanders. But whatever. He's he's an option. He's an option. There's A.J. Green if he's not hanging it up. Sammy Watkins is still out there. He's only 28. He's not under contract right now. Albert Wilson. Al, you can get by with Albert Wilson. He'll do it for you. There's uh, Danny Amendola is 36. So I, I, don't, I don't know about that. He he probably should hang it up at this point. And he's probably more of a slot guy too. But let, let me let me pitch let me pitch another name for you. And 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 by the way, I got like 10 more that we can. Run yeah, through. yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch another name. So. Odell uh, has a torn ACL, so mm-hmm. he's probably not going to be ready until the second half of the year. At best. Big whoop. We can get by with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard for the first couple months of the year. I promise we can get by. And if you have Odell for the playoffs, that changes everything. And maybe you pair Odell with Julio and you got two guys who have injury concerns who are not going to be super expensive. And the combo of those two guys probably can get you through the season. And you got a guy, hopefully a a couple of guys that you drafted this year who you're coaching up. You're hoping Amari comes along. You're hoping these young guys that you drafted in 22 come along and you have a good restocked cupboard to go forward with in 23. Just spitballing. Okay. I, can see that, but the one person who I think would object to it is your assistant general manager, and he wears number 12. You think Aaron Rodgers would be pissed off if he had to throw to Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr.? You think he'd be upset about that? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because, well, first of all, Odell Beckham Jr. wouldn't be ready till you say the second half of the season, he got injured in February. So that may be optimistic that he'd be ready then. He won't be able to practice. He won't be able to develop any rapport or chemistry with Rodgers until he comes in. You're saying all this like he didn't just do every single one of the things you just mentioned last year. Recover from an ACL, go to a new team where it took him like, 11 days to get on the same page with his new quarterback. Well, it took him a like little that longer. literally happened in 2021. All but, that but okay. But now again, your second ACL is tougher to come back from than your first. And Rogers, you see, unfortunately, I'm going to say this. Rogers is part of the problem. Rogers wasn't happy with Devonte Adams, MVS and Alan Lazard. I mean, Let that, me- let, let me just say we're in minute 48 of this I podcast know. episode. And if we're just now starting on Aaron Rodgers is part of the problem, there's a, there's a lot of podcasts you can do on that. So no, no, I, I we just spent a lot of time and talking about continue topic. this next week, you know, but I, I, I think you, 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 until the Devonte trade for the last two off seasons, almost everything this organization has done has been, mm-hmm to please and keep Aaron Rodgers. And we know the window... Look, Aaron Rodgers, if he's not happy, I can tell you right now, he'll retire after 2022. If he's really not happy with the way management is doing things, he can just walk the the heck away and, and, and just say, you know what? I've had enough. I'm retiring. I, um, I, I, just, I just think that... Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the way he talks about the the kind of players he respects. I think if you hand him Julio Jones, I think he'd be a happy camper. I, I just, I really do. Even at this stage in Julio's career. 
and and again, you got there's there's like there's still like ten names I didn't even read off of no, list of free agent wide receivers. I just I think you can make it work without selling the farm and without hurting your ability to restock this team with young talent because that's that's the real issue. And and well, okay, that that's the the real uh, issue if you're looking at JJ's list of priorities. Right. I I get that you're really concerned about competing in 2022. Uh, but I, I just I look at and your look, window look, with Tampa AR. Bay. I, I know I'm, I'm answering what you're talking about about yeah. his window. Go ahead. Tampa Bay is a separate matter. Look at all the wide receivers <laughs> that Tom Brady has won Super Bowls with. Julian Edelman. Uh, uh, who, who else? He's he's had some other. Um, uh, Randy Moss. <laughs> That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. But look, in Tampa Bay, when he won, he had several very good receivers. Uh, I know. I, I but but I but I'm saying I'm saying Tampa Bay throws it all off because he goes yeah. to Tampa Bay to just go have fun. And he also had Gronkowski as his tight end, and what was it, James White coming out of the backfield, who was an excellent receiver. Look. Uh, to me, the thing is, you got to keep Rodgers happy. You invested in Rodgers. And if Rodgers isn't happy, the whole thing blows up. Everything you did the last two off seasons to keep that man in Green Bay, keep him happy and make one more Super Bowl run with the 38-year-old quarterback. I'm, 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 I'm just very meh about all this. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I look at when Tom Brady beat the Falcons, he had Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, and Danny Amendola. None and of those Rob guys Gronkowski. you realize have, have ever gone to a pro bowl in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski. And, and, and who else does Aaron Rodgers have? He has AJ Dillon. He has Aaron Jones. He has Robert Tunyon, who this fan base thinks is amazing. I'm just saying you can make it work. And you can get a guy who's better than Julian Edelman for a lot more affordable than some of the uh, these, these big name guys that people are freaking out about. You know, I, when 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 it was rumored that the Chiefs were were going to move on from Tyreek, you know, like three hours before they actually did, <laughs> I had Packer fans coming at me saying we need to trade all these picks that we just got for Devontae and go get Tyreek. And I'm going, are you out of your mind? I agree with you. <laughs> I agree I just, with you. People Look, are just taking it to such an extreme level right now. The problem is you and I can agree that you can get by with not outstanding elite receivers. And you're right. Brady proved that that can work. You need an excellent defense. You need a good running game. And you need you know tight ends and running backs who can pick up some of the slack. But – the audience that they also need to impress is one guy. And he, I, I, but I, I just, he, he's on board. He's, he's, he knows what the plan is. They've told him what the plan is. You know how we know? Because he signed his deal already knowing that Devontae wasn't coming back. He knows what the plan is and he's on board with it. So I just am not, I, I just don't know if Julio Jones becomes the personification of that plan if he's still that happy and what happens if Julio Jones misses seven more games this year. Yeah. I just, I know I, I, I just, I, I don't have the same value on the position that everybody else does. And I, and I don't panic in the way that everybody else does. And I just think that I don't either. It's, it's just where, where you're at with Rogers right now is just different than it has been. Well, I hope you're right, but I let's, let me put it to you this way. I, I, I don't trust Aaron Rodgers to be satisfied with Julio Jones and a rookie as his top so, two receivers. Okay, so you're you're telling me that in your mind, Tyler Lockett is the answer, uh, or, no, or, no, or, or, or can't, not, I'm not saying he's the only answer. Right. I'm saying, but that, but that, if you have the question here, and then you pencil Tyler Lockett's name in here, does Tyler Lockett make up for the loss of Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers specifically? Yeah, I, I think that would be sort of the minimum that you would need to do that. Yes. I, I, I can't even begin to get there. But you know what? <laughs> this is why there's two of us on this podcast. Yes. So that the listeners can hear both sides 
And you know what? Usually the truth lies about halfway between where you are and where I am. That's true. We balance each other out. And that's that's what makes this podcast so darn much fun to listen to. It's been a long time since we've gotten into a really good debate on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and you know, the thing is, I don't disagree with you as much as I just think Aaron Rodgers would disagree with you. And but to me, the, the fact that he signed the contract says that he already knows what the plan is and is on board with it. Right. But then what actually materializes the plan is one thing. The reality may be something else. And that's my concern. But let, let me let me put it to you also another level. How much does uh, over the last especially uh, two years, how much has Aaron Rodgers shown us that he loves MVS? Yeah. And the Packers let him walk. Yeah. I'm just saying the plan is no longer let's just run it back this tired team that gets slightly worse every year because you have less to work with. That's not the plan anymore. It's not keep running it back. It's it's time to reload. We're not rebuilding. We're reloading. And you don't run it back. You tweak things. You you keep building forward. Your old guys phase out. They they want too much money. They get old. It's time to move on from them. Love you, Zedarius. Love you, Billy. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, <laughs> love you, Devante. <laughs> but it's time to move on because you got to keep building for the future because Aaron Rodgers is only going to be here for like maybe two, three more years. Brian Gutekunst fully intends to be here a decade from now. That's his plan. Yeah, and, and the thing is like, yes, I think Aaron Rodgers liked uh, MVS a lot, but I think he also knew paying $10 million a year for MVS is not the way to use that $15 million in cap space because MVS is not a number one receiver. He is a a mediocre two or a good three. And they they threw him a bone. They let him keep Randall Cobb. And the the fact that Randall re not restructured, he took a big pay cut to come back is a big deal. It really is. It is, but you gotta you gotta keep AR happy, and I don't know if if the you know Julio Joneses of the world would be enough to do that. We'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, it is not an easy set of circumstances, and let's face it, the entire 2022 season may you know this is one of the issues that is going to have a huge effect on what this team does this coming year. And and, and I'll just say. In the last like week, we've had three wide receivers who had roles in this team leave because they wanted to leave. Devontae, MVS, and EQ all left the Packers because they wanted to leave. I just think that things are going in a different direction here. I think Rodgers is on board with the new vision. I think that uh, Brian Gutekunst is, is, is committing to continuing to follow the original plan that they were trying to follow of building forward with this team. And look, did they want Devante back? Absolutely. They wanted Devante back. Yep. And we know they've been trying to take some swings at wide receiver recently that have not panned out. Devin Funches uh, for the 2020 season was supposed to be an addition who was going to stick around. He was supposed to be here this year and that didn't end up panning out. They, tried to trade up in the 2020 draft to grab Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk. We're not able to do that. And at that point, there were no longer any receivers that they actually felt great about at that point. They've been trying for a while to restock this position this year. They have all this draft capital and they can kind of move around and go do that. And by the way, I did a, uh, on my other podcast, cheese and Packers, which you can uh, find by searching for, uh, daily cheese. Uh, it's in the daily cheese feed. That's the best way to find it. If you search for uh, daily cheese, I did a podcast just like two days ago where I just broke down where you could trade up using all your capital. That was a fun one. Uh, if you're interested in that, go check that out. But the larger point being you can move around and go make a guy like, uh, you know, is, is Garrett Wilson going to be in range? Probably not because no, He's probably going to go pretty early, but maybe. And even if look, the, the, the Packers do have the ammunition to move up 
to where they could grab him. Yep. Or whoever you wanted. Uh, it's just a matter of how much do you value it? And that'll be really interesting to watch on draft day. Is Aaron Rodgers actually breathing down their necks and saying, you got to go up and get me a first round wide receiver because you promised me. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll maybe. see. That's going to be something that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah. It's a fun off season. No, no lack of drama. Let's put it that way. All right. I got to hit the hay and go to bed, get some sleep. Cause I've been on the road for way too many days. I get to go lay my head on my own pillow tonight. I'm so happy about that. So that does it for us today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers. Definitely follow Gil and at JLJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. You can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers talk on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com